I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Q&A. our weekly podcast from the hindustan times my name is prashant jha and i am the editor of views of the newspaper this week i want to discuss the happenings in delhi's jawaharlal nehru university and i want to get to the bottom of a few fundamental questions what is the background of the unrest in jnu what happened on the night of january 5th what do we know about it what do we not know about it why have there been student protests ever since january 5th is there a larger message that the students are sending out to the government and what is the way out of this impasse to begin with what is the background of the unrest in jnu jawaharlal nehru university is one of india's top higher educational institutions this is also a university where students from marginalized backgrounds from different socio economic strata can access higher education of top quality a few months ago the university administration decided to hike fees it claimed that the university is subsidized and it is time for students to pay up a little more students however resisted the jawaharlal nehru university student union in particular led a movement and claimed that it is subsidized education which gives students from these backgrounds the opportunity to access higher education to move up in life this movement has continued over the past few months we saw at the end of last year that the students boycotted the semester end exams as the registration process for the new semester commenced the student union decided to boycott it the administration claims that this was coercive there were many other students who did wish to register the university claims that this is what led to clashes but i want to now move on to the next question what happened on january 5th irrespective of the background of the controversy irrespective of the fee hike issue here is what we know about january 5th in the late evening masked miscreants entered the university they beat up students they beat up even faculty members for several hours they entered hostels and vandalized property we also know that outside the university at the main gate there was a mob which was shouting violent slogans and cheering on these attackers as civil society activists and the media gathered there this mob intimidated them and even assaulted them there is something even more instructive that we know about january 5th the police did not enter the university even as masked miscreants were attacking students the police stayed on outside at the main gate and looked on as this violent mob was cheering on the attackers the police looked on as the masked miscreants exited the university and walked away the police has not made a single arrest so far 
what do we not know about January 5th? The full background of all the attackers who entered the university. Eyewitness accounts suggest that they were members of the Akhil Bharatiya Vidyarthi Parishad or the ABVP, which is the student wing of the Rashtra Swamsevak Sangh. This is, of course, the broad ideological family, Parivar, that the ruling Bharatiya Janata Party belongs to. There have been investigation teams which have been set up to investigate the background of these attackers. But irrespective of who they are, the fact that such an incident could occur in the heart of the capital is itself shocking. Why have there been student protests ever since? I think it's important to look at both what happened in JNU and what has been happening outside JNU. Students claim that it is the responsibility of the Vice-Chancellor to provide security, to ensure order. The Vice-Chancellor failed. If JNU's own security, which reports to the Vice-Chancellor, was unable to secure the students, it was incumbent on the Vice-Chancellor to call in the Delhi police immediately. Did he do so? We do not quite know. The other responsibility lies with Delhi police, which reports directly to the Ministry of Home Affairs. If the police had reports, and the media was flashing this all across, that there was violence inside the university, why was the police standing at the main gate without intervening? Why was the police not acting against the mob, which was cheering on the attackers? Why did the police allow the masked miscreants to exit? Why has the police not made any arrests? Students are also protesting against the Ministry of Human Resource Development. JNU is a central university. The ultimate responsibility of resolving an impasse in the university lies with the HRD ministry. What was the HRD ministry doing all these months? Why has the HRD ministry not acted against the VC who has clearly not been able to either restore academic work or secure students? Because the Delhi police reports to the Ministry of Home Affairs, the responsibility also lies with MHA. Why did MHA not intervene in time? Why did MHA not tell the Delhi police to act well in time? It is also important to look beyond JNU. What we have seen over the past month is unrest. There have been violent protests and violence must be condemned. But there has also been state oppression. In Jamia, where Delhi police reacted in almost the opposite manner, we did not know of reports of violence inside the university, but the Delhi police walked in, attacked students, injured them, went into libraries, vandalized it. We know what's happened in Uttar Pradesh, where the police is under criticism for having detained hundreds of people, for having vandalized homes, particularly Muslim homes, where it has unleashed force of close to 20 protesters have died. All of this has led to ferment. All of this has got students to ask questions of the state. Isn't it the state's responsibility to ensure rule of law? Isn't it a university vice-chancellor's responsibility to ensure security? Isn't it ultimately the government's responsibility to engage with grievances and resolve it? I believe the students have a point. And if there has to be a way out, which is my final question, student demands have to be sensitively addressed. But beyond that, it is important to resolve the issue of the fee hike. It is important to address student concerns on the Citizenship Amendment Act in other universities in the country and on the question of the National Register of Citizens. It's important for the political authority to show to citizens that rule of law is sacred. 
that India is a civilized democracy, that violence has no space, particularly in universities, and that students and their voices will be heard. Please join us for the next edition of Q&A next week. If there are issues that interest you, if there are questions that you have, please write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. Please also follow us on all our social media handles on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook at HD Smartcast. Talk to you next week. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.